Oh my gosh, y'all, we have made it. It is the end of 2020, and this has been a year for the books. So I think we all deserve some sort of prize or reward for making it this far. We also happen to be at the last sermon of our series, Do Something, which has also been a series for the books. We have talked about consumption, poverty, loneliness, human trafficking, and today, drumroll please, we are going to be talking about racism. So buckle up. One of the things I love about our church so much is that Bayview Glen never shies away from the hard issues. In fact, when I first started coming here, it was because I did a Google search and came upon the series called This Might Get Awkward. I loved that Pastor Lucas was addressing issues that I hadn't seen addressed before at other churches. So we are right in line with this last sermon about racism, which is really about superiority, but we'll get into that. And I hope you have your seatbelts buckled because we're going to dive right in. So I'm going to start by showing you some of the most beautiful art I have ever seen. This is White Jesus. Some of you may be familiar with this. It happens to be the most reproduced American 20th century art. This is called Head of Christ. Now, I'm not sure when Jesus had the time to pose for a painting, but he looks very clean and very peaceful here. And this is what a lot of us grew up with as what Jesus looks like. This next one is Korean Jesus, and he is seated here at the Last Supper with his 12 disciples. African Jesus, after he was crucified, being brought down from the cross. This one happens to impact me very deeply emotionally. I spent a lot of time in contemplation, in contemplation over this one. Chinese Jesus. Now this is Jesus at his baptism. John the Baptist doesn't want to get his feet wet, but I guess that's his prerogative. Here he is baptizing Jesus. Ooh, indigenous Jesus. So this is a Lakota indigenous painting, and this is Jesus with children. Maori Jesus, this might be my favorite. Maori are the indigenous people of New Zealand, and this is the Maori interpretation of Jesus. Okay, so the reality is, these are all beautiful, but according to forensic anthropologists, they took first century male Jewish skulls and they did a recreation of what science believes Jesus would have looked like most. So this is forensic Jesus. So why am I showing you all of these beautiful pictures of Jesus? Well, because if our version of Jesus only looks like our own cultural heritage or our ethnic background, we miss out on seeing the real Jesus in other people. Beloveds, if we don't see Jesus in all of us, we won't see Jesus in any of us. This is so important to remember when we think about racism and superiority. And since this is a sermon on racism and superiority, let's look at what Jesus had to say about that. In Luke 10, 30 to 36, Jesus set, tells this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, 
when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Then Jesus says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Now, what I wanna point out here is this was an ethnically explosive Judean Samaritan situation. We usually look at this story in one way or in one lens, but how I want us to look through it today is to see that the Jews and the Samaritans, they were not brothers. It was not a good situation. And Jesus is specifically casting a Samaritan in this light to be the hero of this story, to push back against this racism and this superiority that was taking place at the time. The next thing I want to point out is the original meaning of the Greek word for neighbor includes any other person or according to Christ, any other man, irrespective of nation or religion with whom we live or chance to meet. Neighbor means any other person. I love, we are so lucky that we have the Bible that we have. It is full of stories and revelations and directives and prescriptions. And one of the prescriptions I love the most is when Paul talks to the church in Colossae about our behavior as Christians. In Colossians Colossians 3, 8 to 12, Paul says this, but now you must put them all away. And what is the all he's talking about? Anger, wrath malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Did you catch what Paul said there? Christ is all and in all. Just like I said before, beloveds, please, if we do not see Jesus in all of us, we will not see Jesus in any of us. We are all beautiful in our diversity. We are not the same, but we are equal and it's beautiful. In Acts 17, 26, it says, and he made from one man, every nation of mankind, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. The Acts Church, in case you didn't know, was the very first church that was instituted after the resurrection of Jesus. And it is beautiful. I think it's something we should all aspire to. And here Paul is talking about the diversity of mankind. God is an amazing master artist. Have you looked at nature recently? 
flowers, weather patterns, geography. We have these beautiful, all kinds of different scents. We have different tastes. We have different sounds. God is a diverse master artist. And so he created all of us, his children, to be diverse in his image. So why did I pick these three Bible passages for today's sermon? Out of the many I could have chosen from that would fit perfectly in the sermon, I chose those three because when I read them, it is so obvious to me that God is anti-racism. And as God's children, we must align ourselves with his mission and vision for our world. So as God's children, then, what do we do about racism? What do we do about superiority? Well, I thought about this and I thought, how about we change just for this particular sermon, we change the title from do something to don't do something. Because really, when you don't do something, that's also a do, that's also an action, right? So I came up with four things that we shouldn't do in order to do something about racism and superiority. Now, I could just like sum this all up very nice right now and say, well, just don't be racist. Just don't be superior. And I think a lot of us watching this immediately would would say very readily, well, but I'm not racist and I'm not superior. But let me tell you that racism and superiority creeps in in ways you may not expect. So my first point is don't be that guy or in my case, don't be that girl. And where superiority has crept into my life was once upon a time, I may have looked this nice, but I wasn't this nice. I was a terrible road rager. And I just assumed that what I had to do was more important than whoever was in front of me, where they were going and what they had to do. I was the queen of Sheba and everyone should just part like the Red Sea so I can get to where I'm going. And that's superiority because it is not taking into account the person that's in front of me who may have just lost their job or buried a child or maybe doesn't have lightning fast reflexes like I think I have. That's where these things kind of creep in and they marinate. And that was a big awakening point for me because I don't want to be superior. It is not in God's plan for me as a Christian, as a Christian woman, for me to be superior. Another way I see superiority hiding out these days, I don't know if you've heard this buzzword now about being woke. Being woke, and it's not always in a negative sense, but a lot of the time I see people masquerading their self-righteousness as being woke. They're the only person in the room that really knows what's going on, whether it's politics or religion or whatever it is. Like, don't be that guy or that girl that's woke. You're the only one that knows what's going on because newsflash, there's only one person that really knows what's going on. There's only one woke person and that happens to be God, not us. So just please don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. It's as much of a directive to me as it is to anyone else. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Number two, don't take things at face value. I happen to love this because we get so many conflicting messages from social media and from news sources and from other people. We see a headline and we believe it is the gospel truth and we don't know what's underneath. Jesus never saw anything at face value. He saw us. He saw our pain. He saw our loneliness. He saw our heart. Never take things at face value. Do your own research. For example, I can Google something up here in Toronto, 
click, 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 up come the search results. My husband in Nashville can do the exact same search, click, 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 different results come up. So it's really important today, especially with the vast amount of resources we have at our fingertips, to do your research. Don't take anything at face value. It is actually really irresponsible. So don't take things at face value. Number three, don't justify it. Listen, I think it's really easy when we look at a situation to have judgments about it and then to justify our judgments about it. I think it's really easy to look at the news and see a horrible act of violence or some kind of discrimination happen to a human being and think they somehow deserved it. And then justifying that reaction by thinking that that's because we're different than them. We're not the same race. We're not the same color. We're not the same gender. We don't have a criminal background. We, we tend to justify those feelings of superiority that we get. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't justify those things. It's one thing to have the reaction and to look at it and understand it and see it for what it is. It's a completely other thing, other thing than to justify and to find reasons or proofs why that feeling is okay and why we're superior to someone else. So listen, justifying can look many different ways. It can look, for example, like when I saw a nativity scene several years ago, I'll say. Maybe it was a couple years ago, but I'll just say several years ago. And the nativity scene was all black. It was black Mary, black Joseph, black Jesus, black shepherds, black Holy Spirit. And I laughed because I thought, Jesus isn't black. And then I went further to justify that by telling myself, well, but I've only seen Jesus as white before. That's justifying my reaction. The reaction itself wasn't bad. The justification, not so good. And we're all gonna do it. But as long as we know or we see or we make it a priority to see where these judgments happen, to see where these justifications happen, and then ask the light and the love of God and the truth of God to transform us in those places, then we're moving somewhere, we're growing somewhere, and that's the most important thing. Last one, number four, don't stop talking. This also includes talk to someone different than you. So I, as you may or may not know, the reason I am preaching here today is because I am part of the preaching residency program here at Bayview Glen. And we had a meeting recently that was discussing discrimination. And I was sitting at the table. I was one of two white people. I was the only white woman sitting at this table. And I proceeded to tell the table that I don't believe in discrimination as a woman in ministry. I just refused to accept it. Later on, I realized what an awful statement that was. And I contacted one of the women of color that was in that meeting to sit down with her and to talk to her about her experience. Because I said that on the heels of her saying how she experienced discrimination in a church that she was in. And when I sat down with her, I would say things like, I don't understand why this is inflammatory, or is this offensive if I say this, or what is your experience with this, or what's the language I should use? And she was so gracious with me. And it was so important to me because I got to keep the communication open and I got to learn from her. So don't stop talking. Don't talk to people that are only like you. Talk to different people. Find out different experiences. So how I want to end this today is something that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 18. If you know anything about Jesus, you know he loved children. In fact, he told us to be like children. 
So in Matthew 18, 1 to 4, it reads, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants us to be like children. He wants us to be humble like children are. Have you ever seen a kindergarten class at recess? Have you ever seen that? Kids are not racist or superior. That's something that's learned or taught. Kids just play with each other. They just love on each other. And that's how we should be. We should never think we're better than someone else, superior to someone else. Let's just be humble as children. Because remember, if we don't see Jesus in all of us, we won't see Jesus in any of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this series. It was so important. You have taught us so much about how we are to treat each other and how we are to recognize issues. And today, what we're supposed to do with racism, what we're supposed to do with feelings of superiority. God, you are our measure. Let us focus on you and how you sent your son to die for each and every one of us. You have created us diverse and beautiful And please help us to see others the way you see us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this time. Thank you that we have made it to the end of this year, God. We thank you for all of these things always in the precious, beloved name of your son, Jesus. Amen.